Oh shit, Joshua, you hear that music? Oh, I almost forgot what it sounded like. Jamming over here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Tadatus, and we are back. It's been a long, long mm. time. In fact, it's March the 10th. It's been three months. We have crap, crap, and more crap for Houston sports. We've got a new president. We've got insurrection. We've got a global scandemic. Oh, we had We've the ice storm here. Freedom. We had we had the snowvid in Houston. Yeah. Son of a bitch. But you know what? It's time <laughs> to celebrate. That's right, man. Uh, we got some freedom back. At least here in Texas, huh? Yeah, and uh, Mississippi too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for us, yeah, specifically for us. Yeah. for us. Yeah, you know, we today's March the tenth. You know, uh, March twelfth, twenty twenty. The global pandemic was called around the world for. COVID-19 and you had to do these stupid things. <laughs> and we decided here in Texas we were going to play along for a while. And today is the day that our governor said go fuck yourself to yeah. the rest of the country. I'll say one thing. we, You know, Governor Abbott, I mean, he doesn't get praised for this, right? by the way. You know what I mean? He, no. he, this was wrong the whole time. Um, but I am happy for myself because uh, we are going to get some freedoms back. I'm happy for all Texans. Um, I'm happy for... Um, yeah, everybody that that affects. So that's it's all it's all it's all good. But yeah, don't we, we're not like gonna praise. We're not gonna drink no, to the governor. No, no, we're not. Pra- we're 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 cheersing and uh, praising. First of all, being back. Yes. And then we're sipping on a little Buffalo Trace. There here. we go. Buffalo Trace. Today's uh, show is brought to you by Buffalo Trace. Not yet, but yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, delicious. Um, we are of the same mind <clears throat> that this entire time, if you so chose to wear a mask, you should have been able to. Uh, as a business owner or operator or proprietor, in any way, shape, form, or fashion, if you wanted or required at any point in your business people to wear masks or hazmat suits or fucking finger condoms, or it doesn't, them, yeah, or, doesn't yeah. actually matter. It's your business, right? You can tell them what they have to do to shop in your place of Absolutely. business. All along, that's all he wanted was just the the ability for the individuals to make that decision. Because <clears throat> if H E B wants to keep the mask mandate, that's fine. And Kroger doesn't, then guess what? You get a, you get a decision. Right. You want to go hang out with all the COVID people in Kroger without their masks <laughs> on? You can do that. Um, you know, if you want to go to H E B and do that, you can do that too. You know, we even said that, I was talking to people this morning. We talked about how man, listen. If all along we said, listen, everybody, take care of yourself. There's this really bad bug going around. It seems to affect this particular demographic. Maybe it's old people. Maybe it's certain people with these. Um, you know, check off these 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 uh, ailments. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, then then you need to protect yourself. For instance, we could have had a, a policy, or grocery stores could have a policy where me, mom, and papa get to shop. You know, before nine o'clock, right? And everybody else has to shop afterwards. And they would make the place nice and sparse, mm-hmm. and all the staff would wear a mask, and they would sanitize everything. I mean, like, there's that's so easy for us to figure out right there. But, anyways, um, we're going to talk a lot about COVID probably in the second half. We're going to talk about vaccines maybe a little bit. We're going to talk about Dr. Fauci. But let's do um, let's get into crap, crap. And more crap. Yeah, because we're gonna. Sports, yeah, we're gonna. Kind of quick. We're gonna ugly. get drunk and talk real <laughs> stuff in the back in the back half, and we're gonna we're gonna um, keep it nice and light <laughs> and talk a little bit of sports. Uh, most of it all sucks yeah. if you're in Houston, except uh, maybe the Astros. But um, the Rockets are absolute dog well, as, shit as you garbage. Can see, like I, I was trying to decide what hat to wear. Normally, I wear different hats, and tonight I had to go with the old school classic, the 2017 World Series champion hat, because first of all. We're the World Series champions from 2017, and if that upsets you, go fuck yourself. Yep. Um, the Astros are going to be the only hope that we have because the Rockets are on a big tank mission. James Harden went to Brooklyn. 
uh, Russell Westbrook's with Washington. Uh, everybody's hurt or traded or this or that. And the deadline's coming up, man. Allegedly, the Rockets are going to have a fire sale. So that, probably, that, that seems about right. Um, I mean, you, I think the first they're eleven the, and twenty-three. The first domino was the the boogie when when he yeah. when they when they did that deal. It's like, man, I really liked him. I th- it seemed like he wanted to be here. It seemed like they had a pretty good um, I thing going him. early I on in the season. The then they had like the ten or eleven game losing streak, and it was like, all right, we're not going anywhere. Whatever. Boogie was no longer. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, they started that. They started losing, and so you know, I guess, I guess it's one of those things where, hey, let's let's cut our cut our losses. I mean, Tillman may be the one driving the ship in this. You know, he he was really interested in getting below the luxury tax, and I don't blame him wanting to get below the luxury tax when you're not going to be a champion. If you're going to be, if you're knocking on the door, if you're one of the top three, four, five, six teams, then you go, okay, we'll yeah, we'll stretch it out. But even with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they weren't. They weren't in that position. They weren't going to be Dallas, or they weren't going to be Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Out of the West, um, they still had a lot of teams to to leapfrog in order to be in that situation. So it doesn't hurt my feelings when you want to get below the luxury tax. But in a way, that is the white flag being raised, right? It's sure. like, okay, we got we got to cut salary. Okay, where are we going to cut it? You know, and the, the well, easiest you know, place uh-huh. is your superstars. Right. Well, it was weird. So once Harden left, then you know we had we had Wall and Oladipo and, and Boogie Cousins, and then Boogie said something about wanting to start, and then the Rockets went ahead and guaranteed his contract. They're yeah. like, yeah, we're good. We're guaranteed the rest of the year, blah, blah, blah. Hey, hey by the way, uh, by the way, you are um, now released. I said, what? I'm confused. Yeah. So well, you, I think it was mutual, but yeah, it's just a weird, weird thing. You know, hey, we like you and we respect you. Here's your full contract or for whatever, whatever however that. Right, and have a nice day. Goodbye. And uh, go go see if you can sign on to a contender. I guess that's yeah, I, I that's the move. I mean, it doesn't look like the Rockets going to be good this year. No, they're obviously not good this year, but it doesn't look like they're going to be good for. They got picks, right? You got picks coming up. They're so. not going to be good for a couple of years. Yeah, and no. the problem, I always, this is the problem I have with the Texans getting picks. And we'll talk about Deshaun Watson, the mess that is. It's, it's my problem with everybody, um, or not everybody, but those particular organizations, they don't have a track record of drafting well right the Rockets don't have you know specifically without Daryl Morey there pulling the strings right they don't have a a track record of grabbing guys out of the draft so yeah you can give me all the picks in the world but who's making those picks that's that's the real that's the real killer monkey's uncle yeah monkey's uncle um, so I mean, yeah. So it, Rockets are taken. Rockets are eleven and twenty-three on the year. They got thirty-eight games left. They're going to die off, and it's uh, disappointing. Very sad. They haven't won. They've only won one game since February second. February third. Yeah, it's, it's been real bad. It's been real bad. So I'm just want to. I just want to go away from that. Right. We move on. Let's go to the next shit show, which is the Houston Texans. Yeah. Um, or the Houston Jack Easterbees, or the Evangelical Easterbees, or whatever. I still don't understand. Fuck is going. I still on. understand that whole thing. Um, Here's here's my my overall take on on the Texans. Um, they're they're not going to be good either, right? Mm-hmm, not at all. Um, they are about to screw up. I'm, you know, listen, I'm, I'm going to be a little hyperbolic here with Deshaun Watson, but he's he's by far the best quarterback the Texans have ever had. He has the potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, right? He, this this guy unequivocally, yeah, without question, this guy has the talent that if he surround if he's surrounded with some with some players, the guy could make multiple runs of the playoffs this guy could be i mean it's 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 early to say hall of famer but he's got the kind of makeup that you could freaking lock him into your organization for 10 12 years and make multiple runs at the super bowl right there's a reason <clears throat> there's a reason that teams that are successful in the NFL have a franchise quarterback right you you make it a point to get the guy and you build around the guy and also the Texans have been searching for the guy their entire existence for 20 years. And yeah. when we get the guy, even though last year right was the worst, one of the worst years ever for the Texans, 
on a 2-14 and 14 piece of shit Houston Texans team. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson led the NFL in passing yards. Yeah. I mean, he throws up stats. He's hard to bring down. He's a, he's an accurate pocket passer that can move the pocket and scramble when needed. I mean, he's he's a prototypical quarterback in this he, in today's game. He's a magician. It's the same kind of shit Mahomes was doing in the Super Bowl when his guys weren't catching balls, right? Yeah. I mean, he's doing the White Goodman layout fucking one-arm throw, hits the guy in the hands, and it hits him in the face. Yeah. That's the kind of shit Deshaun does. And somehow, some way, the idiots on Kirby – are not only gonna fuck this up, they're actively oh, it's already fucked fucking up. this up. It's already up. fucked up. What? Listen, they they gave um, numb nuts Bill O'Brien way too much power. That freaking um, 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 nuke trade looks so bad. It looks so bad right now. And he, they're all laughing. They're all fucking laughing at the Texans because they got fleeced. A second round pick and a fucking old old running back who guess who, what who, got hurt last who year. We extended. Yeah. So Nick Casario is supposed to be the savior GM coming in. We talked about this and last GM, year on the G- whole bullshit. Right. Well, and GM move number one is to take David Johnson from a one-year contract for four million dollars with two million guaranteed to extend it to a two-year contract for eight million with four million guaranteed. Doesn't make any sense. So you fucking doubled his contract based on what seven hundred yards? Running backs have a fucking shelf life, right? They they age out because they take the pounding. This is the, the, you don't sign a guy who has injury issues to an extension. You know what I mean? Not when you don't have to. It's it's really silly. Let alone double the contract, double the guaranteed after you came off a crap task. Furthermore, if you if you get if you get season. if you get the picks you think you're gonna get, you can go find a guy that can create that production in a draft, or you can find a guy off the scrap heap. The Texans have done that for years and years and years. Find a guy off the scrap heap. This this you know he's not he's not the kind of running back that you'd think. Oh my god, I gotta lock this guy down for three or four years. It's all it's all crazy, man. It's all fucking crazy. So the craziest latest thing I've heard now about the dumbasses on Kirby is that there's there's potential to try and work out something with either the Jets or uh, somebody else, but once they take the picks, right, that they can get as many as possible, minimum of four, right? Anyways, it's the the hype, or at least the the momentum I was starting to hear on sport, Houston Sports Radio was, assuming we lose Deshaun, which obviously everybody's you know, um, option one is to somehow, some way, keep him. Well, the only way you keep him is you call him in and you sit down as Nick Casario, the GM, and you fire the coach right in front of him, and then you fire Jack Easterby right in front of him. If, the, if and that is the issue on, that people keep saying and, it is. And then yeah. you get on the fucking phone with Eric Bieniemy, and that's it. Yeah, We don't do anything else, because if my choice is dumbass coach and Jack Easterby or Deshaun Watson... I will take Deshaun Watson a thousand times out of a thousand. I would never once pick these other two fucking idiots. How can the Texans fuck this up so bad? So bad. Listen, first of all. They're doing it with flying colors. Are you kidding me? Okay, first of all, you don't have to go to your star player and say, we want your input on the next coach. You don't have to do that, okay? But but if if you you do that and then you don't fucking listen to him, that's on you, you fucking dumb fuck. If you declare that you're going to have him in the room and then you don't bring him in the room. it's, It's worse than that. If you hire a company to help you find a GM and then you say, that's nice, we're going to sign this other guy who we've already fucking had issues with. We already got in trouble for trying to sign him off the Patriots last year or the year before, whatever it was. Yeah. And fucking, it was it was an embarrassment. This organization is an embarrassment, and I am I'm happy that I am not giving them any fucking. Nope, out. We're going to talk about it on the podcast, but other than that, I don't fucking give these guys an ounce of my attention. I'm not I'm not watching a game. It's, it's bullshit. Anything, but you know what the 
Ryan was over the other night, and I forget what we were talking, what the actual scenario we were talking about, but it was the passing of the generation, right? And it's the under. Oh, Sergio was talking about this guy at a uh, a plumbing supply house, and this son is always mad, right? He's obviously after the snowvid, every fucking plumber on the planet was in mm-hmm. there buying everything they mm-hmm. could, right? And the son of the original guy was pissed off that he had so many people in there trying to buy shit, and Sergio's like. Why the fuck are you mad? You're a plumbing supply warehouse. You're slammed busy. Do you know what that means? Money, motherfucker. Money. But so what was he mad? What was he? I don't understand why people. Yeah, he was annoyed that there were just so many people there. Right. But Ryan's answer was perfect, and it's what's going on with the dipshits on Kirby. Second generation. Mm. It wasn't his dream. It's not his fucking vision. It's not what he wants to do. They make the joke. But there are countless stories of people talking about that Cal, Cal McNair, when they go into his office, there's an 80-inch television on the fucking wall, and he is typically sitting on the floor playing video games. That's awesome. He's a child. Yeah, that's awesome. God bless him. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck, right? Yeah. You know why, also? Because the NFL, every team makes so much money. They do not care. They're, they're not losing money. All the protesting from the fans, not showing up to games, that will not affect their bottom line one iota. They do not care. He does not have that drive to be a winner. Like, listen, they're, they're, you know, you want to talk, we want to take that a little bit further, but yeah, that, the, he, is the, he is the epitome of the uh, participation trophy culture, right? When your daddy gives you everything, guess what? You never have to, you never have any adversity. You never have any, any tough times in your life. His daddy started so many different companies. And- I bet you he didn't. He probably didn't actually want the Texans. It's just what ended up being like Maybe. left left for him to. Oh take. no, he may have wanted the Texans because that's an easy job, and you get you know all this publicity. Touché. And yeah, Touché. I mean, like right. it's he didn't right. he didn't want the other companies that were actually hard work right. to go run. You know what well, I mean? Where nobody's paying attention to like, you. I want to go sit in my big office yeah. on the floor and yeah. play fucking PlayStation yeah. and Xbox and host yeah. pe- host people in my owner's box every fucking Sunday because I'm the big wig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Um, I think I told you. A long time ago that we needed three things to change for me to even care about the Texans. That was we needed a new coach, we needed a new general manager, and we needed a new owner. I didn't necessarily want Bill O'Brien to die, but he died, and so we got a new owner. Bill O'Brien didn't die. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, McNair. <laughs> Bill O'Brien should no, 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 like I said, that's, that's not nice. Um, he, uh, yeah, he's got fired. But I, uh, Bob McNair died. That, that was what I was saying. Uh, Bill O'Brien did get fired, like, I don't know, three and a half seasons too late, it seemed yeah. like. Um, and, you know, they got a GM. and But... Listen, just because those guys are gone, you know, which I wanted, I guess I wasn't, I didn't have the faith. Yeah, I didn't have the faith that they were actually going to replace him with anybody competent because they did not. I mean, I don't even know who the coach's name is. Like, you know, we follow sports more than anybody. I don't even know who the coach's name is. Who is this guy? He's never been a coach, never a head coach before. It was was the offense, it was the receivers coach for Baltimore last year. Exactly. Baltimore was 32nd in the NFL in passing. Yeah. There's nothing about this guy that's exciting. It's like, so wait, just to clarify, and, 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 uh, one more story about this guy. And I don't even care what his name is, right? Dumbass. 32nd in the NFL in passing when Deshaun was number one with the worst fucking Texans ever, right? Mm-hmm. So you bring in this head coach now, and at his press conference, I'm not sure if you saw it. I know everybody else did, and they know what I'm about to say. When they asked him what he thought about taking this job, and he said that my dream job was to be the head coach for my high school football team. Hell yeah. That's dreaming big right there. Well, and it's it it caught the media like there was a like not a gasp, but it was all a there was just a pause. They're like, "Did he just say 
that his dream job was to host or to be the head football coach of a high school team? <laughs> Do we just sign a high school head coach? <laughs> this is the NFL. How did they you come to this decision? Them. How did they come? There were big names out there, people that would have loved to come. In. You have a, you have a marquee quarterback. You have a big, huge, fancy stadium in a great how, market. How is Eric Bieniemy still not a fucking head I don't know, coach? Man. I don't know. That's that's an interesting that's an interesting one too. What the fuck? Is he interviewed going? too. He yes. interviewed. So why why didn't he get the job? Maybe they, they everybody passed because they thought he was going to take the Texans' job. They, they thought that was going to happen. I don't know, but that's another weird twist of this thing. Um, yeah, and of course you can probably have some negatives like, oh well, you know, he's never done that without you know so on and so on and so blah 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 blah. But still, he probably cares. gets a sniff before you know the high school football coach. I, I don't even know his name, Nick. I don't even know the guy's name. And that's because I'm gonna it's look that it up important. here. That's fine. But it's it's that, like it's Doug really, something. It's, it's like really that important. It's like right? Doug Smith or something. It's, I don't know. And he is he is okay. Is he um um what am I trying to say here? Is he a diversity hire? Was that one of the, the reasons for it? I mean, is that is that nope? What do you mean? He's a Caucasian. Are you sure about that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought he was. I thought he was a black guy. I thought he was no. a very light skinned black guy. No, I, I could be wrong. I've never actually seen him. Yeah. Okay. I, no. <laughs> okay. So we'll have to look that up because no, I, I honestly thought that that was that was that was part of the story was that. Um, oh, no, I didn't. I don't know. Let's just see. Let's start right. We need, well, we'll see, look it up. You know, you know, talking you know about. what we need? To, this is where we need future production engineer. We need to uh, look up music, not quite Jeopardy music, but look up music. Oh That's yeah. Kind of, ding ding. Ding, no, ding. no, but not Jeopardy. Yeah, right? but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying. I don't know what this guy, David Cully. That's his name. Is that, are you right about that? David Cully just came to me. I, was, I had oh. to search the files. Yep. Yeah. There it is right there. Found it, under, found it under not important. Yeah. In the recycle bin of who gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't. I've never heard of this guy. He's so not. He's not. There's the nothing. Only, the only other story I heard was that, that a uh, Pro Bowl. Last year, year before, maybe a couple years back, right? Deshaun was at a Pro Bowl, and Cully was there on the sideline as as a member of the AFC Pro Bowl coaching staff. And because of that, apparently there was a a moment or four where they engaged and enjoyed each other's presence, maybe. So... Yeah, so this was a diversity pick, like I thought. I mean, uh-huh. I, I say that I don't, I don't mean that to be like belittling, but to me, it's like, was that, was that the, the, the box they were trying to check? Was oh, we, we, we got the black guy? I mean, I don't know. You look, look at him. I don't think he's, right, right, he looks very right. black, but, but I mean, like, right. I, I, I just we, don't understand. Were, right, if we were going to do that, then go for enemy. Well, I'm just saying, what, like, what else? What? Maybe that's the motivation, but what else could there be? Well, didn't, what, they, didn't they also bring on Lovey Smith as an offensive coordinator? Now I don't know. I don't know. I don't care about this fucking team. It's so garbage. Ah, all right. Um, so now let's move on to the only positive sports we have, which is the Houston Astros. The Houston yes. Astros, they do have a little bit of problems like uh, Urquidy, not Urquidy, uh, Frommer. Frommer yeah. broke his finger, probably going to be out all year. Uh, Forrest Whitley, by the way, the fucking <laughs> the prospect that's going to end up not making his major league debut until he's like 31. I know, man. That's, a, that's an interesting fucking story Tommy there. Tommy John now for this kid, too. Uh, but other than that, so... The oh, I see, yeah. Wow, you're right. I would have never. That is very light skin. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so I showed a picture. So of, uh, Forrest, Whit- Forrest Whitley, uh, you know, was a prospect. Is a prospect. Gonna have Tommy John now. So when we, you know, we lost Springer in the off season. He's with Toronto. We could have paid him. They didn't want to. I don't know why. Pissed me off. Yeah. The, uh, so now know, uh, here's yeah. the thing: is you, if you watch any spring training, which I haven't watched it, but I've listened a little bit on the car in the mm-hmm. car, and then hearing what they talk about, right? Um, Miles Straw has found his baseball bat. Now he doesn't have any pop, but he's getting he's he's hitting at like a 500 clip. Now again, I understand it's spring training. You're getting half-ass pitching, blah blah blah. Doesn't matter. 
Point is that the if the Astros, one of your two or three worst hitters is your center fielder, who's going to probably lead off. And then we go Altuve, Bregman, uh, Correa, uh, or Brantley Correa, or Brantley, or Jordan Correa, Brantley, mm-hmm. whatever. Then the the, the guy was, t- uh, Matt Thomas, Adam Clanton, one of the two I was listening to today, they were talking about putting Yuli all the way down at uh, like eight. Yeah. Splitting up, or eight or nine, because you don't want Maldonado to turn it over to Straw. Yeah. You want to have somebody in between that can actually do something. Yeah, Straw is a huge downgrade from um, Springer in many, many ways. Yes. He's not the defensive. He doesn't have the arm. Definitely not with the bat. Maybe he's fast. Maybe he That's can steal it. a base. He's got, but he's got wheels. I've never seen him on the base path see, like, be that really aggressive base dealer. Springer could go and get you a base. And Straw, while fast, doesn't necessarily have that base. The base stealing is an art. You know what I mean? Sure. It, it is. It is a skill. It's not like I'm just fast. I can just beat every every throw. But it's an instinct. It's a, you know, it's a move. It's a it's a quickness. And Straw has the the physical attributes, but he's not necessarily the. the anyways, I say all that to say that he's got one little thing, and that is he's fast. He's not a great outfielder. He's a. It's a huge, huge downgrade. Yeah. Um, and and but it's, because it, the Astros didn't sign a center fielder during off season and haven't done anything with that. It leads you to believe that that they believe that Miles Straw can take that center field yeah. and take that leadoff, or position. they've got somebody else that, that if he or, doesn't work again, out. If you run it down two through seven or so, then obviously your worst hitters are Straw and Maldonado, and maybe Yuli Gurriel. And I read today that um, Yuli Dusty Gurriel Baker had a bad year, but I mean he's a better hitter than that. So they asked Dusty right. Baker about um, leadoff position. He said it's either Straw or Correa. Correa has been leading off in uh, spring training. He went like three for three with two RBIs in a game yesterday or something like that, uh, leading off. So that's an interesting. Yeah, yeah, you know what they need to do is they need to lead off Carlos Correa with a goddamn contract. Yeah, extension. well, I think that's 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 so it seems so much more realistic than the Springer re-signing. I, I I do think if they're smart, they get that deal done. You know, Correa. We talked well, about he's this. He said he wants it done before before camp's over. Well, right? yeah. So Springer so be, on the clock after the World Series last year after the loss. In the World Series last year, when the scandal hit its full peak, Correa was the outspoken uh, Astro that came out and basically said, "If you, but I mean, he's you don't know the facts. Shut the fuck up. Basically, you don't know the facts. No, he didn't say basically. He actually said those words verbatim. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You and I agree. You know, of course." There is no scandal with the 2017 World Series. There nope. was no banging in in that playoff series, in the, nope. specifically in the final. Probably not in the, in the entire playoffs. Um, also, and every other team was doing it. Also, and the 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 Yankees got caught doing it. And there's a, a fucking letter that was sent that they have now and, sealed. And Boston. Yeah, Boston actually got penalized for it. But there was something that got sent to to the Yankees that they wanted people wanted to have that release, and they won't release it. Right? It's basically them saying, "Hey, we know you're doing this. Stop it. Yeah. You're caught." Yeah. Right. On top of that, you know that that part of of the game has been going on forever and ever and ever, and you'll never convince me that it had any impact, and it may have had a detrimental impact on some hitters, specifically um, Altuve. So fuck all that shit. That's put to bed. Yeah. But Correa, in that moment, basically said that yeah. fuck you, fuck you, and your bullshit fucking fake news. Well, and what's funny? So when I went to Vegas with Larson in February to go play that golf tournament, obviously, you know, we had to rock our masks everywhere, right? Casinos uh, are paying the ass with that, but I'm rocking my Houston Astros mask mm, on purpose. Nice. And there's a lot of LA people out there, and I got plenty of comments from LA people, and I enjoyed that back and forth banter because, as as much as they pretend to have venom, they don't have any wit. Mm. Not a one of them, right? Mm. Every single one of them, I would let them do their thing, and I would, right? It would just be, oh yeah, yellow cheaters. Did we did we win the trophy? Did we win? 
Mm-hmm. Well, no. Did we win? Do we have a fucking trophy? Yes yeah. or no? Yes, you do. Great. He's like, yeah. yeah, but we won this year. Yes, but here, let's talk about that because yeah. it's funny. And they're like, what's funny? Well, you all call us the asterisks, right? And you want, you want, you petitioned, you hoped for, you dreamed, you prayed. It didn't go through, but you wanted an asterisk in the fucking record book in 2017 because we banged the trash can and we banged your mom. But you didn't get a fucking asterisk. But you know who does get an asterisk? The 2020 season because it was fucking shortened by COVID. Mm-hmm. You won the World Series no fans. in a fucking se- uh, a season that was shortened, which automatically gets a fucking asterisk. Yeah. Shortened season and no fans in the stadium. All, all the all the fucking so shit that came out. You get an asterisk on your fucking trophy. Yeah. And they they would just look at me like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "It's called facts, dude." Yeah. Just appreciate the facts. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know the facts, you need just to shut the yes. fuck up. And it was like, yeah. And it was so fun because every single one of them. I mean, they tried. They tried, and they were eaten up by just pure logic. Yeah, um, I, I am kind of looking forward to the Astros season. Um, you know, we talked earlier about how it's the only thing we got. The state of Texas <laughs> is opening up, and um, you know, so there's going to be fans in the stadium. I, I believe that's going to happen. It does. It does seem like it's going to happen. Unfortunately, Houston um, is still, you know, governed by some fucking goofballs. Sylvester Tena and Commandant Hidalgo. Yeah, so they're going to want to keep. You know, they're going to want to keep twelve. Yeah, so I heard. So I heard today that. So you had um, what's going to happen for season ticket holders for the Astros? Not anybody else, but the Astros, right? I don't know what's going to go with. With the Texans, I hope nobody goes to the games. But the Astros, mm-hmm. there are options. There are three or four different options. So if you if you bought season tickets or own season tickets or want to buy season tickets, right? Option one. Oh, oh, oh my headphones making way. There we go. Um, option one is if you wanted to buy them and donate them to first responders or medical workers, you could do that. Okay. Right. I'm like, uh, no, thank you. They make money, uh, enough money; they can get their own Lame. tickets. Lame. Option two is that you could buy your seats. And do the cardboard cutouts still? Uh, option three. Lamer. Option three is that you could, if you bought seats, but they're not in the social distancing sections, you could trade them for social distancing sections. Or option four, if you bought tickets <clears throat> and you didn't opt for social distancing section, you would have to agree and sign that you intend to go to a game, and you won't have social distancing. You'll be around. People wow. without masks. Wow. So just to clarify, if you want to go to a game like normal and not fucking wear a tampon over your fucking nose. You have to sign a waiver? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No maxi pad on your face and you can go to the game. If I get sick, I can't sue the Astros. Listen, right, already I'm, isn't it on the back of the ticket it says if you get hit with a baseball bat, you can't sue the Astros also? It's yeah, like you come here things. at your own risk. Like, honestly, I'm more afraid of a bat, of a baseball hitting me in the head than, than the COVID at the, at the baseball game, honestly. And I, I feel like I can catch a ball if it's even if it's hit pretty, pretty sharp just, at me. I'm just, yeah, this whole, th- I mean, I cannot believe, first of all, that it is March the 10th and it's almost a year to the day. March the 12th was the... The official global pandemic call, right? Yeah. We're almost a year later, and you not only... I mean, you have people. You have people on both sides. Of, we've, we've made this such a political horse shit, right? Yeah. That the right says, yay, we're getting masks off, and I agree with that. And the left says, you're killing Texans. You are sentencing oh my Texans to death. And I'm like, wow. No, the really? government... Yeah. Sentencing to death? Man, it's crazy. Listen, uh, we're just about break time. Let's go ahead and take the break, and then we'll get back into that shit right after this. 
March, yeah, so, March uh, the tenth, baby, freedom. We get to take it a mask off. So the today's yeah, March tenth. So this is um, last Tuesday. Governor Abbott came out and said, um, you know, and this is, is surprisingly so. You know, we knew he was going to come out and say something on Tuesday, but we didn't know what he was going to say. And he just said, it's all gone. All the mandates are gone. No masks. No social distancing in restaurants. No, everybody can do whatever the heck they want. Basically, it's up to the businesses now and the individuals to protect themselves as they see fit. And oh my gosh. Has this caused a ruckus? Oh, yes. Uh, <clears throat> we are uh, sentenced to death, according yeah. to this is people. This is about one year, right? We said this one year ago was pretty much where we were. When we were getting the lockdowns Ma- down. March the right? 12th was, the, uh, was um, the, 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 official, the official announcement that it was a global pandemic. Yeah. March All right. Let's, let's listen to what Fauci said uh, March 7th last year. There's a lot of confusion among people and misinformation surrounding face masks. Can you discuss that? The masks are important for someone who's infected to prevent them from infecting someone else. Now, when you see people and look at the films in China and South Korea, whatever, everybody's wearing a mask. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. Oh, really? You're sure of it? Because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask, and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying uh, uh, inside uh, uh, there? Of course, of course. But when you think masks, you should think of healthcare providers needing them and people who are ill. The people who, when you look at the films of foreign countries and you see 85% of the people wearing masks, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not against it. If you want to do it, that's fine. But it can lead to a shortage it, of masks. Exactly. Which that's the point. It could see. lead to a shortage of masks for the people who really need it. All right, so that was a year ago. That sounds, you know, you know what's amazing about that is that sounds more like a genuine answer from a man talking to another man than anything else I've heard him say. Whoa. Uh oh. Hold on. Oh. That's this one, maybe? Hang on. Getting feedback. Hang on. Tell me that. Anyways, uh, go ahead. All right, so like I said, that, that that sounds like the most genuine answer I've heard him as a one man to another having a conversation. It doesn't sound like he had any political guidance or leaning one way or the other. It sounded like candor, honestly, and I can appreciate. It was that. probably it was probably the, the the most truthful thing he said. You know what I mean? Was like, hey, we don't really need masks. They're not they're not that big a deal. Um, you know, listen, if the masks worked, we would have been out of this thing nine months ago. Right. Because people have been wearing masks for a good long time. You know, the state of Texas came up with their mandates um, all the way back in April. Right. And so we've been we've been we've been on this for damn near a year. It's a good thing that the two weeks to flatten the curve only took three hundred and sixty six days, 64 days. So here here. Listen, this is a political this is a political thing now. It's become a political thing. This is what uh, listen to Joe Biden in regards to Texas uh, removing their mandates. Message to Texas and Mississippi. Texas and Mississippi. Texas, I think it's a big mistake. Look, I hope everybody's realized by now these masks make a difference. We are on the cusp of being able to fundamentally change the nature of this disease because of the way in which we're able to get vaccines in people's arms. 
We've been able to move that all the way up to the end of May to have enough for every American to get every adult American to get a shot. And the last thing, the last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine, take off your mask. And the last thing, the last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that. You can barely get Neanderthal thinking out, but yeah, Biden said it's Neanderthal thinking for Texas and Mississippi to release, to remove their mask mandates, right? Fauci a year ago says don't wear the mask, the masks are silly. Now he's saying wear two masks, wear three masks, wear all the masks. Biden, because it's political, right? Because the people that voted for him want him to say something like that, says uh, Texas, it's Neanderthal thinking. It's the same people that said, um, listen, we didn't talk about the Super Bowl, right? We, we skipped over that in in the last um, you know three months. We haven't had a podcast. Sure. But what what happened after the Super Bowl in Tampa? People were out in the streets. People were partying, right? Tom Brady was drunk as shit. People were <laughs> having a good old time. And what was the media saying? Wait two weeks. It's going to be. Another outbreak in Florida. And guess what happened? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing happened. Like two cases, something like that, you know, from the whole from the whole event. You mean this whole thing? Remember, you you know what's been completely forgotten and I don't understand how or why. Well, first of all, the science has been forgotten. But this part of that science was when we first started this, we were talking about not just flattening the curve, but we were talking about herd immunity. Yes. If we've had have a bazillion cases, right? That at some point there's plenty of people who've had it, which means that the antibodies exist as well. We've they've changed the de- definition of sure. herd immunity. Sure, I mean, we, I'll we, show we can, you. We can continue to make up things we want to make up, but I'll show you that is, as Here. we're trying to manipulate, and that's all they're doing is manipulating. Guys. Uh, let me let me do one more clip um, to to understand the political aspect of this. Why it's become a left right thing. This is Gavin uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, who is in the process of being recalled right now, right? Listen, you have to really piss off your constituents to the point where they say, listen, no, we're going to re-vote on whether we think you should be in charge of us or not. Here's, here's Gavin Newsom. And in California, Governor Gavin Newsom calling out other leaders who forego mass mandates and other restrictions. We are encouraging people basically to double down on mask wearing, particularly in light of all of what I would argue is bad information coming from at least four states in this country. So normally, right, I agree. We've talked about this. I like Andrew Seidel, lead lead attorney for the Freedom from Religion Foundation, fellow atheist. But he retweeted on March the 2nd when Governor Abbott announced on March the 2nd, I just announced Texas is 100% open, everything. He retweets, and it was actually Beto who tweeted the thing first, Mm. a death warrant for Texans. Mm. A death warrant are you fucking kidding me? It's the same people that said, wait two weeks after Thanksgiving. Don't meet with your family on Thanksgiving. Don't do it. Wait two weeks, right? What happened? Yeah. Two weeks, nothing happened. Don't meet with your family on Christmas. Wait two weeks, nothing happened, right? Um, they decided on um, January 21st to, the CDC decided that the PCR, the PCR test we talked about, forever, right? right? We've we've remember, about a million times, um, yeah. remember old Mullins, right? The, 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 um, What's that award? The fuck, God damn, we drink too much on the break. What's the, what's the big scientist award they gave out? Nobel Nobel Prize Nobel, Nobel for Prize? chemistry. No, no Nobel Prize for chemistry okay. because he created the PCR test. He said, "Don't do the test over thirty. You know, whatever, whatever blah, 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 blah. Yeah. We listen to Fauci say anything over twenty-five is, is suspect. Blah, 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 blah. Right. So they changed that on January twenty-first. Guess what happened on January twentieth? 
presidential. We changed election. presidents, right? <laughs> it's not political at all, is it? Listen, l- read this. Read this to the people right now. Listen, about- I'm going re- to read that after I read this because okay. then, then normally I don't like Candace Owens stuff. But on March the second, she tweeted something that I happen to love. Right? It's to all the leftists crying because Texas and Mississippi and have announced that they will resume freedom. Did you know that you're still welcome to stay home in your home all day and mm. double mask? Mm. You don't need a government mandate mm. to be a paranoid recluse. Yeah. Uh, Abbott said so. And um, guess what? It, it was true all along. Abbott, you know, decided he was going to spend a year doing it. I understand why. So it's political pressure. Oh, oh, WHO, the World Health Organization, run by Bill Gates and his friends. In China. China. What is herd immunity? Why do I have two definitions here? Uh, look at the, the two different dates. So they oh, changed the, they changed oh, the fun. definition. Oh, that's fun. fun. All right, so hold on. On on the 9th of June, 2020, herd immunity is the indirect protection from infectious disease that happens when a population is immune either through vaccination or immunity developed through previous infection. And by November the 13th, so five months later, four months later, herd immunity, also known as population immunity, is a concept used for vaccination in which a population can be protected from a certain virus if the threshold of vaccination is reached. Herd immunity is achieved by protecting people from a virus, not exposing them to it. Mm. They literally changed wow. the definition of what herd immunity well, so like means. This, yeah. this in, in the pandemic, they said, no, 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 no. And then they're going to tell you the next day, the next phase is, um, um, what are they calling it? It's um, medical apartheid. Okay, let me explain this this concept to you. In Israel, Israel is heavily vaccinated. Something like seventy five plus percent of their our population is being vaccinated heavily, and it it's been ca- catastrophic. People are dying. Many many side effects. That's that's not what I'm talking about right now. So they have their their society is now organized in spots, places, events that you can go to if you're vaccinated and you can't go to your vaccinated. There are places, beaches where you cannot go to if you're not vaccinated, right? So this idea that we're going to force everyone to take this experimental gene therapy vaccine, right? And if you don't, if you have some kind of whatever reservation to this experimental treatment, then you don't get to live in society. You are basically outcast. It is medical apartheid. Fair enough. Well, isn't that why we're this one? So we have the Johnson and Johnson, we have Pfizer, and then we have Merck, right? Moderna. Moderna, Moderna. Which one of them is the RNA vaccine? Uh, Pfizer and Moderna. So why are we doing something with RNA versus... It's mRNA, but yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know the science behind it, but it is basically an experimental treatment, right? This right, well, is, I'm saying, this is, this right, is, a, this is exactly what we're talking about. It's gene... Therapy at yeah, that they, point, right? They're, 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 one of them called it a, pro- a program where basically they send it into your system and when they send it in there, I don't exactly know how it works, but it identifies the coronavirus. That's what it is. It's, it's programmed to go in there and identify it. Once it identifies it, it builds up the antibodies and that's how you fight it off. Um, yeah, it sounds so all simple. So they give it to you but and you don't have it, what's it do? I have no idea. Yeah, Listen, the, 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 the side effects, I mean, they're there, right? The side also, effects and, include bleeding from your eyes, bleeding from your ass, growing a third fucking testicle. Listen, this is brand new. From okay? your jaw. They, they rolled this out very quickly. The um, human trials are supposed to last two years, right? So basically, we are the human trials. Well, of course we are. We are, Listen, right? We, we, we talked about this, did talk about this three months ago. This is the only vaccine that has been pushed out. It was, what do we say, 60 days to clinical trials. Yeah. 60 days to human trials. Yeah. 
Nothing before Imagine this. Imagine with the ones be- that didn't get approved. Nothing, and oh, by, by the way, there's another thing. Nothing so, before this was faster than 26 weeks. We these did this in 60 days. These vaccines are not FDA approved. Of course okay? they're not. This is they have a. Um, but they're WHO a, stamped. No, they have an emergency kind of, you know, whatever. So we're going to give these the past because it's an emergency because we have the pandemic but it's not fda approved it's not like we've done the homework on this whatever so whatever what, it takes to be so, fda approved which i don't whatever i don't so buy anyway really but. what you're telling me just to clarify let's break that down as simply as it gets what you're saying is that the vaccine to safety or health is is the uh is the patriot act to your privacy yeah and and if you want to talk about Patriot Act, <laughs> what is going to come from this by way of they're already talking about a yearly booster, right? So this will be like the flu vaccine and you have to get it every year. And if you do not, like they've already printed out and created vaccine ID cards, right? That's what you get when you get the vaccine. They're going to, they are going to incorporate this into society. If you don't have a vaccine, you're not going to be able to go certain places, Right. Whatever they can control, that's that's how that's how they're gonna make you force you into it. I told you, um, my dad got one basically yeah. because he was fearful he wasn't being able to travel. He's, I'm gonna have to travel soon, and so I'd rather just have my little card that I get to pass on there. And so it's like it's like that. That's the soft sell. You know what I mean? There's gonna be a hard sell next, right? It's sure. gonna be where you can't get on a plane until you get the vaccine. Any plane, yeah. Anywhere. Or think about traveling abroad, right? These countries that want you to quarantine for four days if you don't have a test, right? You're gonna have to get a test every time you get on a plane, or you're gonna have to the vaccine. It's it's it's. Listen, you want to talk about um, 1984 and technology, um, or Big Brother by way of technology taking over? This is this is the medical Big Brother. So how do we fight it? Don't take the vaccine, I guess, well, yeah, but, I mean, as long as you that's, can. That's going to only work as long as it works. I don't. I, I really don't know, Nick. I mean, I, you're listen. You may have to sacrifice some things. You may never get to travel on a plane again. You know what I mean? That if, if you don't want the vaccine, that may be, that may be something. I, what, I don't know. What if we change presidents? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a joke, right? That was a joke. Sorry. You know, I mean, because that worked so good the last time. It, it, it made all the difference in the entire world. Um, Oh nobody, goodness. nobody else is mad at, at the U.S. anymore at our president. That's incorrect. For being, you know, a we dick. talked about this earlier. Except for Listen. Syria, I mean, they have reasons. You said, you said, I'm excited because we're not an embarrassment to the world anymore. And while I understand, I understand the sentiment behind that because um, Trump was Trump. He was a brash, um, whatever. I'm not going to fucking yeah. spend Fuck time it. describing right. him. But I would argue that what we have now is far more embarrassing. Okay, what what Biden brings to the table is far more embarrassing. Hang on one second. I'm going to pause this. Um, Biden, Biden cannot spell Biden if you if you spotted him Biden. You know what I mean? Like he he is he's not there. He is a shell of himself, which was, which which makes me think that huh? what's that? What was the word he was stumbling? Um, on? Neanderthal. 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 Yeah, Neanderthal. there's there's some super clips of him going bananas and maybe one day we'll, we'll break one of those out. <laughs> but listen, he's awful. He's awful. And what makes. What makes the situation more dire is I think Kamala Harris is more awful, not because she's incompetent, because she's completely competent, and I I am fearful of her being anywhere the near state. Yeah, I mean anywhere near making the actual decisions. Her policies would be terrible. It almost makes me think there was there was a, a quote um, from Obama saying, you know what. Um, I would love the idea of being a president if I didn't have to actually be out there. So if I could have somebody like just be out there and I could just talk in his ear, that that would be the really ideal, <laughs> right? And it's like, huh. Huh, you know, I don't know. Um, B- Biden's awful, right? We t- we, let's let's touch on Syria, bomb Syria, 
Like on the jump, on the I, jump. How, how's he gonna bomb Syria and owe us some checks, man? I, let I me seen my check yet. Have you let seen your me check? let me tell you Those something. Those are the funniest memes. By let me let me articulate my point because I don't want to get um, confused with like having some kind of um, fondness for Donald Trump. There is something about him that I that I like mostly because he fights the left. But it is my opinion that Donald Trump should be impeached, but not for anything that he was impeached for. He should be impeached for war crimes. He should be impeached for extending the, Syri- the, the Saudi Arabian war in Syria. Guess what? Joe Biden should be impeached for the same thing. By bombing Syria unilaterally without congressional approval, he committed a uh, war crime, right, yeah, right? And he should yeah. be impeached. And if we're going to go back and impeach former presidents like we did with Donald Trump, we should go back and do it to Obama. We should go back and do it to Bush. Those are my fucking feelings. All of those presidents should be impeached, and rightfully so, for committing war crimes. Every president since at least 2000, right? Let's talk about those specific four. George W. Bush by the war in Iraq, right? The, the false concept w- of MDs, MDs right? O- uh, Obama extending that, and Donald Trump also extending that as well when he bombed Syria under his 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 regime whatever yeah, his yeah. his term you know he should also they should all be impeached for war crimes but not the bullshit that they tried to impeach Trump for the fucking the fucking coup the fucking insurrection did you know let, let me ask you a question they, they let, let me right. ask you a question Nick how many gun charges have they char- charged for the insurrection in Washington how many, how many people have been brought up on gun charges? Mean, meaning how many people had possession, unlawful possession, unlawful possession on a Congress? You know what I mean? There were absolutely zero guns in that entire quote-unquote insurrection. You tell me... No, if, there's a couple of people. No, 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 no. There's not one... They, listen, if there was somebody who brought guns into the, 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 the into Congress, they were going to fucking bust him up big time, right? They have not one, zero gun the, charges. My point no, in no, saying they, that they is... They didn't charge him with it. My right, point yeah. in saying that is the people who were protesting, rioting, and then committed the insurrection were so um, interested in the lawful non-possession of guns in Washington, D.C. that they left all their guns. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's very, it's, it's very, it's against the law to have guns in Washington, basically. They have very, very, very strict gun laws in Washington, D.C., right? For probably good reason, whatever. Sure. The point I'm making is, if it was a real insurrection, people would have guns, right? Not one had a gun. That's a pretty mind-blowing fact, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one I know I saw that had the guns was the dude that had, he had a pistol. Was um, homeboy had the zip ties, and I don't know who the hell that was. Yeah, but okay, that was the only one I can tell you that I know, right? The guy with zip ties or guy with, had a gun? Zip tie guys had a, had a pistol. Are you sure about that? Yes, I did. Okay, see. he didn't get charged with that. Though. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Is I don't think anybody actually got charged. with No, what I'm saying is, possession. if somebody had a gun in that in that situation, I guarantee they're getting charged with a gun crime, yeah, yeah. and they would be all over the news. They can't, they can't because none of them did because they know Washington D.C. is. Listen, you can't protest with guns, basically. So those people weren't there to have an insurrection. They weren't there to overthrow the government. They weren't there to do what they fucking said, what the fucking fucking Congress said they were there to do. You know what I mean? They weren't there to have an insurrection. They weren't there to take over the government. They were there to fucking... They were there to, to protest what was going on. Furthermore, what they were there for is to... is That was the um, reading of the... The electors, okay? Yeah, yeah. And there were politicians, actually elected politicians, in those houses protesting that, or at least, you know, making their, their voice known that they, they disagree with it, and they were going to go sure. back and talk. And then that's when they all broke in, right? It's like, so they, the people, if they were really interested in Donald Trump being president, they wouldn't have interrupted that. You know what I mean? Right, because that wasn't going to change. That was the legal way. No, no, that was... the. 
Okay, so protesting isn't going to change them reading. But it, my right? point, my point is, what was going on that day was they were reading in the electors, sure. and so congressmen have the ability to pro to to Congress members himself can protest. Yeah, it's not protest. That's no, the right word. They uh, can um, raise an objection to sure. whatever, whatever. I, I disagree with. You know this right. and that and this and that, and I so they go. They, the, they the were going back to their respective houses, the Senate and and the House. They were going back to their respective houses to have a debate, basically, right? And then and then the insurrection happened. So they interrupted the democratic process of challenging the results of the election, right? This was the process. So if you're telling me they wanted Donald Trump to be president, they wouldn't have interrupted that. You know what I mean? My my whole point is. The insurrection was a psyop. Similarly, just like Q is a psyop, it is probably run by the feds, right? Sure. It's the reason why the Capitol Police let them in. It's the reason yeah, why when they the had shit. the velvet ropes, they were walking orderly between the velvet ropes. You know what I mean? That, like, if, if that was an insurrection, that was about as weak as it gets, right? It was... Um, Sorry, I got a little emotional there. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, because we know that was happening. You know, I know that wasn't necessarily a response that day, but... Uh, I was, I was, I thought it was hilarious the day. Yeah, no. Then, then stupid people got shot. Um, one person got shot. Yeah. One person got one, shot by one. a Capitol Police officer, right? Yeah. Think about one. that. Only, mm -hmm. only one. Mm -hmm. One. And it was a military veteran. Air, Air Force. Force. Yeah. yeah. Lady. Mm. Yeah, blah, blah. Well, if, we're, if we're in the fucking trust tree of the conspiracy theories, <laughs> that's suspect too, right? One person gets shot. Just one. Yep. Yeah. Of the whole thing. Nobody during the insurrection brings a gun. You'd you right, think if they were going to... Other than zip tie guy, I don't think you're right. I don't know that I saw anybody else in there with weapons, right? If it was going to be, an, if it was a, a planned what's, insurrection, what's, uh, what's what, what do they call the guy? Viking horn guy? Yeah, whatever guy, he is. Right? He had no weapons on him. No, he, he didn't have a shirt on. No, <laughs> he didn't have a shirt on. He, he had bison pants, uh, like he had fur pants on, and a fucking face painted. Yeah, yeah. I, it just it's just this idea that uh, it was our our democracy way, was, was almost challenged it, it was by hilarious that the Simpsons actually had fucking. That guy, that character, man. The Simpsons must be, I don't know, man. They've got some soothsayer fucking, oh my goodness. They knew Donald Trump was going to be president. On the escalator, they right? Donald like, Trump was going to be president uh, 20 years um, ago. And also, they, I think they predicted that Donald Trump was going to wreck the economy or something like that. Listen, I'm, I'm now kind of leaning towards, there's um, a, there's an episode Donald Trump a, is in on it too, you know what I mean? A, like, there's, a, there's an episode years ago where Homer's car is left at the... The, it, at the foot of the World Trade Center. Oh, okay. And the picture in the magazine says 9-11. Wow. It's a nine, and it's the two towers there. Interesting. And it's like, wait, what? Are you fucking... Yeah. Man, all that, that 9-11 stuff, it's, it's, that's a, that's a, that's a um, rabbit hole to go down that you kind of get lost in some... Uh, oh, my goodness. It's not... It's not ugh. The bottom, um, listen, the bottom line, people. All right, let's talk um, more conspiracies. Let, let's talk about Q a little we, bit. We we were on board with the Q concept of of certain things. I think well, we agreed. On, it, it, listen, Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood is a cult. There are there are pedophiles there. There are fucking sick folks there. There are people there that you're not going to convince me that they're not killing children for adrenochrome. Now, do I go further with? You know, because what we watched in the videos, I liked how it was done. I liked the way that we she presented it, it was very logical. It was done well, right? The Podesta tapes, the the, the Pizza Gate, all that stuff. What, but what's happened is that it's been that has been taken and spun to the it, it, those that believe that are absolutely insane because well, because it's the it, it's that logical fallacy, right? Because you believe a ipso facto, you believe this now, and that this is wrong, so that is wrong, and it's that's it's not how it well, works. Well, here's the deal. But it is the fruit of a poisonous tree. What we know, what we know is, um, there are 
there, there's different ways to manipulate people by way of the media, right? One way is for the media, and by media, I mean like the, the major networks, right? So we talked earlier about Fox News, MSNBC, uh, CNN. There's, when they all cover the same story the same way, that's that's a way of manipulating right. the that, narrative. That's, that's, that's the first thing right? you should question. If y'all are all agreeing, then yeah. you're all lying. When you see people tweet or quote or talk about, and they use very similar phrase phraseology, you know what I mean? It's like in a paragraph they're using similar words. It's like, okay, there was some kind of memo sent out. You know what I mean? There's something that went out that said, okay, this is how we're going to discuss this. So that's, that's one way to do it, where they basically um, they take the truth and they twist it just a little bit. Another way is for them to take... Um, real events and then add stuff to it to make it so crazy that you won't believe the slimmer slivers of truth in there. Sure. Right. Um, so, so Q, the QAnon, whatever that this, this idea, this movement, this, whatever was, um, really taken. And again, again, I think, I think it's kind of a sign. I think it's somebody has been planting this stuff in order to, I don't know, um, maybe take people off the prize of what's really going on. You know what I mean? Like, like point them in another direction. It also makes Trump the hero, so on and so forth. So I don't, you know what I mean? There's so many different ways, but to me, you know, again, in reflection, we, t- to me, it was like, is it possible to believe that Trump was the white hat, that he was some Batman, that he was some great, you know, savior of, a, of a, the American people and, and not like this narcissistic, I'm out for me. And you know what I mean? The kind of person that we know that we know him to be. So we always had our reservations with it. But what's interesting now is what they've used with the term QAnon, what, what, what the media has done with it. And they've oh, now, it's, it's they've now, they've now wrapped every single thing, in anything anti-government, anything, um, pro-liberty, like, like John Brennan came out, John Brennan was the former, I think CIA head of the CIA or uh, something like that. He came out and was like, um, yeah, there's these misogynists, there's these QAnon people, there's these libertarians, you know, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, oh yeah. We, we, we lump, we lump all these groups, which are kind of anti-government or kind of challenging of government, you know, and they, it's, it's, it's the same concept of conspiracy well, theory. It, it's, when it's, they came out with listen, the conspiracy theory, it was atheists are lumped in with Satan worshipers and this and that. And it's always the, the, the Republicans like to say it's the pot smoking atheists that want to do this. Yeah. What does that have to do with anything? It's right? like it's like the term conspiracy theory was used sure. in order for people who were digging for the truth to put them in. Oh, they're the crazy kooks, right? So it's, it's like, always mm, been right. Yeah. It's what it was established as. Right? QAnon is now that it's the new it's the new conspiracy oh, theory, right? It's the new right. tinfoil hat. It's the new sure. it's the new like you are crazy right. if you uh, think right. this. If you and guess think what? That Hollywood does this. You're crazy. No, I, and I, I, you I, listen. It, the same thing with with the whole election, right? Um, Arizona and Georgia and I think Pennsylvania are still have there's still people fighting to see the ballots, right? They passed a thing in Arizona where they were like, yes, let's go audit the actual ballots. Found out they were shredded, right? It's like, oh, huh. That doesn't look suspicious <laughs> at all, right? Listen, I, 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 listen, there's some evidence out there that makes me think, huh, there could have been some, some weird stuff going on with the election, but we're never going to see it. It's all swept under the rug. It is now, if you talk about it, you are now lumped into this, crazy conspiracy theorists, you know, blah, 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 blah. So now we take, um, you know, the people who think that, you know, Hillary Clinton is a, a secret uh, pedophile kid traitor, blah, 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 blah. And you are lumped in with the people that say, hey, um, something was weird going on with the election, right? Yeah, and you're yeah. also lumped in the same people that say, hey, um, 
I'm raising my hand to say, what do you guys know what's going on with the CIA, right? And then I raise my hand and say, and what's going on with the FBI? So all of us are all lumped in together, which basically equals crazy. Dissidents, and, sir. Yeah. Dissidents. Also, and if you're an anti-vaxxer, right? You're into that. And so what does anti-vaxxer mean? Does anti-vaxxer mean that you're anti-vaccine or does it mean that I'm really cautious of taking the vaccine that has um, t- three, four, five months of experimental treatment on a whole bunch of people, right? We're going to inoculate uh, 300 million people this year. So what Anyways, has happened is... I went on a tangent. No, no, you're fine because where I think that ties in perfectly was what has also been... It was there. It hit the news. It was hot. And then, you know, just people forget about it, right? The Uyghurs are still in fucking happy camps in China. Right? Yeah. They were... But that's... That's what happens when you have a government with that level of control. When the government has that sort of power and anyone that is considered a dissident, anybody that speaks against in any way, shape, form, or fashion, remotely believes it, types it, puts it on fucking social media or text. doesn't matter. You're questioning the government. You're, you're against us. What we need to do is clearly round you up. We've got to round you up, and we've got to put you back into vocational reassignment camps. Mm. Happy camps. Mm. Re-education camps. There's over 3 million Chinese Uyghurs. Is that what the number is? Yeah, in these camps. And nobody's talking about this gross human rights fucking crime that's going on because China has money, right? China's our friend. China has money. We can't speak out against them. China owns us. That's why. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, I got a couple more clips. You want to do some more clips? Let's do that because that's, right. I mean, that's where I think where this ends um, up going. Here right? is, okay, so Dr. Scott Atlas. We're going to talk about garbage science wearing masks. You put uh, that on, I'm going to make it. A perfect. Scott Atlas um, was hired by Trump, um, and he was the only one speaking since, and everybody called him a nut job. Things like universal mask wearing. Uh, honestly, I mean, that is just completely contrary to the science as well as common sense to think that you must wear a mask when you're in the middle of a desert, when you're in your car alone driving, when you're bicycling through, uh, you know, uh, St. James Park. Uh, you know, this, this kind of stuff is nonsense. Would you not mandate masks anywhere? Absolutely uh, not widespread mask mandates. They're, they're, you know, you can look at city, L.A. County in Los Angeles here, Miami-Dade County, uh, many states in the U.S., the Philippines, Spain, France, the U.K., all over the world, mandating masks for the population does not stop cases. That is just super naive, wrong, and just uh, there's, that's garbage uh, science, really, and there is no science to support that. And the WHO does not recommend widespread mandatory masks. The NIH does not recommend that. Uh, the CDC data itself shows that that doesn't work. So that's that's uh, sorry of uh, bordering on uh, carrying a wearing a copper bracelet. As far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, uh, do you do I? I do think that masks have a role, uh, and that's in medicine. We wear masks for surgical procedures, uh, and the reason you wear a mask is when you're very close to somebody. Uh, or a sterile environment like an open incision, uh, you want to have, you want to stop a cough, you want to stop droplet uh, from getting in and infecting something. 
Well, that's yeah. just perfect. I yeah. liked everything he said. Yeah, so Scott Atlas was basically running yeah. out of town. He's a kook because... Well, cause uh, clearly, because he didn't support the narrative at yeah. the time. So... Yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. Um, it's it's a shame, you know. We, we, you know, we had we had really smart people that, that really could have... Um, you know, could have, could have, should have had a bigger voice. Um, here, here's a, here's a, here is. What if that was part of the play, right? What if that was part of the whole play? Yeah, of course, Fauci's in on it. We know well, Fauci's no, no, in on it. Not just Fauci, but what if that's part of the play, right? So you had, we have to make the the president be this guy, right? That that half the people hate and the other part of the world don't want to listen to anything he says, which makes him a kook, even when he produces guys that are actually spitting truth, but because they support this fucking. Loudmouth blowhard that we won't listen to. Him. Well, that's that, that's all the media. Right, that's all the media. It's all design, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it's all, all right. Um, here is Biden with regard talking about China. You know, Chinese leaders. If you know anything about Chinese history, it has always been the time when China has been victimized by the outer world is when they haven't been unified at home. So the central of oh, to vastly overstated the central principle of Xi Jinping is that there must be a united, tightly controlled China. And he uses his rationale for the things he does based on that. I point out to him, no American president can be sustained as a president if he doesn't reflect the values of the United States. And so the idea, I'm not going to speak out against what he's doing in Hong Kong, what he's doing with the Uyghurs in western mountains of of, uh, China and Taiwan trying to end the one-China policy, by making it forceful. I, I said, and by the way, he said, he, he gets it. Culturally, there are different norms that each country and they, their leaders are expected to follow. I mean, can you, I mean, he just basically said, I'm not going to call him out for like, you know, rounding up the Uyghurs. I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to call him out for basically, you know, saying that if you don't, you know, the one child policy, so on yeah. and so forth. Like we, we no, consider cool. those as Americans, um, you know, yeah, human they're, rights they're violations. Thing. Right. Yeah. And so he's, I'm just not going to do that. You know, like, that's not really what I'm going to do. That, that's their thing. Man. I mean, come on. What if, if Trump would have said that, what would, what, what, what would the media be running with? Uh, that Trump was supporting the rounding up of the Uyghurs. Yeah, exactly. All right, um, Nick, I think we're going to take one more break here, and uh, we'll be right back. Ooh, two breaks, three segments. That's what happens when you take uh, three, three months off. Months. We made fresh bourbons. Oh, um, we've pretty much drank the whole bottle of Buffalo Trace. Well, and for the record, Joshua went ahead and showed me that down below there's a secret compartment. There's a little Pappy 15. So, Oh, don't tell people about that. Blanton's and Pappy 15. Yeah, so at the end of this show, we're not going to have it on air, but we are going to have it in hell. Ah, see, little buzz, little buzz. That's not that funny. It didn't run. I, I think I thought um, it'd be... It'd be fun, you know. We we talked about we, we did we did our typical show Actually, first hour. Okay, we you, did what you we did. did. Is you, there was a point where you were yelling about how the world is. Fucked. Yeah, we, I did. We 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 um we talked about how frustrated we are about sports. We covered the bullshit of the world. I think we're gonna give the people something positive to leave on. Um, been, as bad as it's all been, there's been a lot of good stuff, right? Yeah. Lots of good stuff to come out. Um, like let's start with accomplishments, right? We finished Breaking Bad. We streamed. We we binged it. That's not a big accomplishment, but it was good. You guys pretty, but you kind of figured. You discovered, I think, um, 
the concept of binge watching shows this during the pandemic as well. Sure. I mean, I mean you, well, it's just it's just been more. Uh, this time has been more conducive to sitting down and doing that because normal world, right? Lots of downtime. Well, it's not even about that. The normal world, right? There's there's much more going around and doing things. You go out, you do this, and hanging out places and. Everybody's been staying home, right? There's well, but I think of, that I think that what's interesting to me is that once upon a time you were like um, really strict on the um, what do we call it um, destination viewing, where it's like I have to watch this show at this time, like like sure. uh, Walking Dead. Yeah. You are oh, religiously definitely. Sunday night. I like know, Walking Dead, sure. but you have to watch the commercial so on and so forth. Right. Where some people are like, I'm gonna let it go five episodes, and I'm just gonna watch three in a row. You know what I mean? Well, and so you got, found yeah. Breaking Bad, you found yeah. a couple of shows that you got to see. They were done, right? right. And so it's like I get to watch them. <gasps> On my terms, and well, we've got Elijah caught up through season six now. He finally actually got to meet Negan, and, oh. and so the, so he gets to figure out who the heck you've been talking about for all these years. Well, he's he's he knows who Negan in is because he's seen parts of seen uh, the tenth season, but he doesn't know what's happened in between, that, yeah. right? And he never knew, like he doesn't know, he hasn't actually seen who got killed by the bat yet, right? Uh, the whole episode though, like he couldn't sit down. He's up and down in the chair, oh, wow. climbing all over the place, and he enjoyed it. Oh, he loved it. He loved it. And then when it's done, he's like, "You got to tell me who died." And I was like, "Well, you no. find so you no, find no, no, you no. find out season seven, episode one." I'm not telling you. You figure it out. And he's like, "You have to tell me." I'm gonna ask. 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 And he does that Stewie Griffin thing. Like Stewie's like, "Mom, mom, 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 mother, mother, mom." He's like, "Who did? Who? Who? What happened? Who died? Who died? Died? Shut up! Don't keep asking." No, you you watch it. Yeah. Well, what messed him up was I told Nicole. I said, "I'll I'll hit him back and say, how do you know it was only one person?'" But before I could say it, she said it to him. And it stopped the train of asking who died. He was like, what? What? Yeah. How do you know it was only one person? <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Hold on. I got, I got one. And then it changed it, right? Changed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we picked up streaming, right? We, we, we definitely got into the binge watching. Yeah. Um, a little more reading, a uh, little more binge watching, a little more. You've been reading some books. Time. Have you been reading I books? Have, I You've have. been, yeah, it's good. You know me. I've, I've let me tell you something. Um, you know me. I read a bunch of books. Last year, I don't know how many books I finished. Like fifty something. I don't remember. That's pretty but good. I it was probably well, more than one a week, dude. That's yeah, it was good. probably seventy thirty fiction. Honestly, I got stuck in some like um, space epic things. This year, I'll tell you because I keep track track of all this. Um, this year, I've gone ninety percent nonfiction. Okay. I'm I not like reading it. I like it. any. F- I've I've read a couple fiction books. Okay, so I am up to thirteen, thirteen read so far. Um, the only fiction books. Joshua, I, it's March 11th. You've read thirteen books this year. Yeah, but I also discovered audiobooks, so uh, I'm I am counting those. I've read. But you're least, not reading them; you're hearing them. Yeah, I've read two audiobooks. Now, per do, you, month, so. do you do you listen to them the same way you listen to podcasts? What do you mean by that? When Josh listens to podcasts. Oh, one and a half times speed? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah of yeah. course. They got to go. Well, I don't understand. Like, I, Even when I hear it, I'm, I hear the words, but it just it, it bothers me. I don't. I don't have the time to wait for the people to talk at their normal their normal speed. <laughs> let me tell you something. So let me, let me tell you about a couple of the books I've read this year, which I think you'll love. Matthew McConaughey came out with a book called Green Lights. It is worth the read. Are you a Matthew McConaughey fan? All right, all right, all right. I mean, are you like yeah, if sure. you're? Listen, let me tell you something. If you're not a Matthew McConaughey fan, read it and you'll become a fan. It listen. His two greatest roles are Days and Confused and the five minutes that he is in the Wolf of Wall yeah. Street. Yeah, um, I know he was nominated, maybe won an Academy Award for the Dallas Buyers Club, which was great. 
But I do think that the five minutes that he was in the Wolf of Wall Street was better. It was I, I liked him because he was from Texas. He had that little swagger and, you know, whatever. Sure. His, his acting, he seemed like he was kind of typecast. We got out of that. The book is so good. It's basically, he, he has been journaling since he was a teenager. Okay. And he, it's, it's, it's like his memoir through his journal. And it is and Any kind so of insight good. like that is always fun. Oh, it's so it? good. It's so good. There's a scene where him and his brother go to a hotel. They're going to go spend a weekend at golfing and so on and so forth. And they bring, his brother brings his dog and the hotel manager comes out and they meet them and, he, and, and he's like, um, his brother drives the car, right? And they're like in a convertible and the dog jumps out and he's like, oh, we don't have a, we have a no dog policy. He's like, oh, it's his seeing eye dog. And his brother on, on instinct just starts going, you know, like I can't see, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like just stuff like that is, is so good. Um, I read, I read um, a couple books about, the assassination of Kennedy. That was pretty interesting. Um, I read a book called Mrs. Sherlock Holmes, which is about an actual woman in the night, the, the 19, I guess teens in America okay. who went and solved a bunch of crimes. You know what I mean? Solved some, some child trafficking crimes, if you will. She also was against a, a term I learned called peonage. And basically it was like, um, m- modern slavery. So, sure. Um, basically they would have these Italians who couldn't speak any English and, and they would say, Hey, you come down here. We'll give you $30 a week to work this job. Just sign your name here. Right. And yeah. they couldn't speak English. So they sure. signed their name and they signed it. It was like, Oh yeah. Well, everything, we you, you now. everything you do on the way costs you money. So you get down there and you're like a hundred dollars in debt. You know what sure. I mean? And then every yeah. week it costs you $25 to live and you get 30 bucks a week. You know, it's like, Okay, so yeah, you never get out of debt. Um, yeah, so I've 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 really been reading. Um, I read a book, a book called Poisoner in Chief about the Poisoner uh, in Chief. It was the head CIA. Um, it was, it was basically the guy in charge of MK Ultra. You know that that uh, term gets thrown around. So yeah, so the LSD, the loving, the loving and uh, happy times where we experimented on our people. Yes, with psychotropic. And experiments, you, when you want to talk about the freaking vaccine thing, I mean, this was like, they like, swaths of people, they were just dosing, and, like, if you were in prison, and they went to your prison, oh my god, they, they were just fucking, um, Whitey Bulger, like, the famous Whitey yeah, Bulger, like, gangster. they said he was, he was given, like, um, LSD for something like 40 days in a row, like, high doses of LSD 40 days in a row and they told him it was like, this is a, a experimental drug for syphilis, you know what I mean, and so he was freaking in Hallucinogenic. Can you can you imagine being tripping balls for a month and ten days? I couldn't imagine it for like twenty minutes now. (laughs) And then you finally come down. Yeah. But for the whole time you've been like your skin's melting or itching or it's on fire or your face. No kidding me? Fuck that. There's a Netflix show um, called Wormwood about this doctor named Frank Olson. Okay. Yeah. So the book talks about him. He was a scientist they recruited to come work on the MK Ultra project. You know, on the chemical well, you know development what, side. You know, well, you know so what hold Wormwood on. is, right? Um, no. What do you mean? Wormwood is is a um, it is a poison and or oh, and, and it's, okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure the derivative of wormwood is uh, oh my goodness, what's the the green fairy? I don't know. Absinthe. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. So this guy, they recruited him to come work on the project. And then they had a party one night. It's like, hey, let's all get together for cocktails. And like they dosed, they dosed him, you know? And then, so um, the autopsy report said he, he jumped or fell from, uh, you know, five story room. 
And so it's like, hold on, that's a it jumped, jumped or, fell. or fell. Jumped Perfect. or fell. Jumped or fell. That's ambiguous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and the, the, the book I'm reading is like what they've released about what happened. So, you sure. know, there's some shit they can't even release. They, they ended up having this guy, um, uh, Sidney Gottlieb. They, they brought him in. Um, I don't know what they call it. Where they, all the politicians ask him bunch of questions. Uh, um, in front of the congressional committee or something like that. Yeah. So, and he, he had to, they had him and his handler got him immunity because it's like, if, if you, uh, if you say, you know, so he basically did it under a pseudonym also. Like he was like a fake name. Like, yeah. Anyways, that was fascinating, but that was the CIA and that's what, what we know about it. So, you know, there's shit we don't know about it. Of course it. there is. Yeah. Cloak and dagger, baby. Cloak and dagger. No, so, yeah. So I, I've only been reading a couple of things, but we were doing more streaming. In fact, on Netflix. So we picked up Shits Creek. That's we watched, good. We, watched, so we only funny. watched the first episode or first year, first season so far. We it's funny. Started. It, it's, it's good. Pretty, yeah. Let me well, tell you something. On Netflix, also, there's a show called The Crew with Kevin James. Yeah, yeah. We just started watching that. Nicole, oh my gosh, Nicole it's watched funny. watched the first part of the first one and she stopped. So I don't know. I'll have to check that out. It's, Where I was going to go it's though like was stupid, fu- funny, but whatever. Yeah. There was a, there's one uh, crime scene. Uh, it was uh, the vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Huh. For a, uh, the girl Elisa Lamb. I think you told me about this one. Yeah. yeah. I haven't the seen story, that one yet. I mean, it's only a four-part, but what, what's the most interesting about this fucking hotel is the Cecil Hotel was was built, you know, circa 1915 or something in downtown L.A., right before the Depression. And then mm. post-Depression, it became permanent housing on some floors and then long-term housing and still a hotel. So you had... The hotel had three different segments. Interesting. So you had permanent housing. And this is where the people were, were turned up dead. Four people or something. No, so she ended up she ended up being in the water tower on the on the roof. Well, spoiler alert, right? But anyways, the manager of <laughs> in the library with the candlestick. It, 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 the story is far more in depth than just the fact that she's found there. I mean, you could look that up and find it in ten seconds. But the story is well done. The Cecil Hotel, though, the manager during that time. The GM's there, and she, she talks about how she was there for 10 years, Josh. 10 years she yeah. was a GM. 80 deaths that's, that's, in the 10 years that she was there. That's insane. If, if you, How long have you been over here at Union Kitchen? Oh, six years now. Not, if, not one if there, death. If yeah. eight people died a year, there'd be 48 fucking people that have died in your restaurant in the last six years. I think you need to leave the restaurant. We right? had We had one... One assault since I've been there, which was crazy. Some people just drove to the parking lot, saw some way lady with a person like That's jacked nice. her, right. and that was pretty traumatic. Eighty fucking deaths yeah. in the ten years, and she didn't leave because that was normal. Well, again, the Cecil Hotel was home to one of the most notorious serial killers that L.A. has ever seen. Who's that? Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Okay, right the on. Night Stalker lived on the fourteenth floor. Ah, uh-huh. it, it was told multiple times there was at least two or three different times where he would be in the back alley he would strip down just to his drawers because he's covered in blood wow head to toe and he would walk up the back stairwell covered in blood carrying bloody clothes and nobody would say anything right they would mention it but they would be nobody would call the cops that's crazy they, the, the people that lived there you know there's interviews on there and they're like listen when, when we were there back when we were having fun and partying you didn't go above double-digit floors. Wow. You didn't go up because wow. if you went up, you were going to come down out the window. Really? He said, you go up there, it was all hookers, all pimps, and all fucking hustlers. Ah. So you go up there, and if you didn't have enough or you didn't want to pay or blah, 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 they would take it anyways. 
and then you would take a flight. Did you ever watch the series Mind Hunter? Okay, so do you know the story you, you, of it? You told me about it. Right? Yeah, so the Nicole, story. Nicole's actually watched that. She was telling me about it too. So there's a there's a obviously a Netflix show called Mindhunter, and the the story is about the early FBI prof, profiling program. And right. so um, there was another there was another more popular um, like criminal minds. There you go. That, that that was based on on this idea where they started they started reviewing right, the BAU the behavior analysis unit. Yeah, they started reviewing. Um, murders that had similar themes to them, and they they basically gathered data and they created a database of information, and and through that they were able to create a prof a profile, right? And so, based on elements of a murder, specifically multiple murders, they could predict who, or, or I guess they could profile who, right, what profile type of person that. would do that crime. You know what I mean? Whether it be, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, there's so many variables, but like, there's one story. I think I told you this before, but there's one story where you know, there was a it was a it was a guy murdering prostitutes. There was somebody murdering prostitutes in this uh, remote town in Alaska, and um, one one person got away. Like, she was handcuffed. You know, it was a prostitute. And this guy, what this guy was doing, he was like, "Hey, put your hand right here." And he'd like handcuff her hand and handcuff into the steering wheel so she couldn't get away. Sure. And he'd take it back to this remote cabin, and then he had a plane where he'd fly these planes out and like drop these bodies off around the planes. And so the the profiler, the guy that wrote the book, I think his name's Douglas. Um he he was, you know, he'd go to this this case. Like people they would they would sure. basically these jurisdictions would say, "Hey, we're we have no clue. No we our investigators aren't, aren't good enough for this." So we'd call the FBI and the FBI would say, "Oh, we have a little history in this." Blah, blah, blah. Let's send our guy out there. And he's like, "Okay, don't tell me what you found. You know, tell me about the crime scene, but don't tell me what you think you know. I'm going to tell you what I think I know from this. Right. And one of them was like, "Yeah, he's going to he's going to have a trophy weapon. It's probably going to be very close, maybe in his office or something like that. He's going to have a journal. He's going to have this and that." And so it was like, they they found the guy and they go through the case and it's like, "Yeah, he had not a journal, but he had a um a flight map where he would depose, you know, he'd deposit the bodies. You know what I mean? Um, he had a, a a special hunting rifle that was under the floorboard of his office. Like this guy nailed everything based on the the elements of the just, crime and it's just like holy shit how how interesting that is it's amazing what the behavioral analysis can actually come up with right mm. but we also said we were going to go on positive notes and we're talking yeah. about okay sorry we right did now. we did sorry so we'll go with another positive right so the other things we found on there like disney plus right and i was telling you and those of you that haven't seen it you need to take the time I'm sure your kids tried to make you watch it cuz it came out on christmas day what is so that disney and pixar's soul Oh, right. yeah, 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 you talk about that. My kids watch it. I didn't watch the whole thing. Right. And if you haven't watched that, I'll tell you, this is one of those ones that just touches me. It's a fucking phenomenal movie. Watch it and then call me because we'll talk about why, what you missed. Mm. If, you, if it doesn't make you cry, that's what I can tell you. Soul, phenomenal. Um, it, it, it all leads me to, you know, as bad as the year has been for a lot of people, and as a lot of us are, I think everybody's battling with a form of depression in some way, shape, form, right? It's been a rough year, yeah. But we all, you know, we all all chip in together, if you will. It's, um, you know, I was talking to Nicole about it yesterday, the movie Hot Tub Time Machine. While you're not going to find philosophical reasons and things that are wonderful there, there's some of the greatest simple one-liners there. You know, when, they, when they're arguing back and forth about, you know, Friends, you know, friends don't leave each other is what he says. You know, your bullshit is my bullshit. That's one of those things that's powerful and, and, it, and it's important. And if you don't realize that, 
then you need to pick up the phone and call your friends because you're not alone. This whole thing, everybody's going through this bullshit together. I think the first phase is develop friends that you can call on in times of need. Sure. But when you have those rough moments, you have to rely on people that are close to you. You know, family's great. Um, develop a fucking um, um, a support team around you. Yeah. People you can lean on. You know what I mean? Um, that's so important. Family's huge. Huge, huge, huge. I think we're... we're we're extremely lucky. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. We've known each other for twenty plus years. I don't know how long. How long is it now? Oh, this is two thousand and twenty-one. It was like thirteen. Was, yeah, thirteen. We're about to be forty. I'm. You're forty. I'm forty. I'll yeah. be forty next month. Twenty-seven uh, years. Yeah, twenty-seven years. Yeah. A friendship. We've got a couple cats that maybe aren't that long, but um, that and we're gonna cheers to that. Yeah, right on. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, but we have a couple of other other cats that are that not quite that long, but you know what I mean. There, there there's people that in your life that you can really lean on, and you should, you need to, because they will help you. Yeah, and I want to end it with my last part of this is simple, right? So for you, if anybody that knows me and knows about my my life, my kids, my wife, my family, you know, I have I have an 11 year old son that's got cerebral palsy, and for as many years as anybody's listened to me talk about it, I've talked about how he is my hero, and he's my hero for forever. It's been. Because he operates in what I want, when I want, and how I want. And if you don't hit those three, then you can get fucked and come back and give me what I want, when I want, how I want. And everybody that knows him sees that he does operate that way. But of recent, he he's showed me a different thing. It's not His happiness doesn't lie just in getting those three met. What really, really makes him so happy all the time is something that we all really need to work on. We need to find Zen. And I'm not saying he's found Buddha, and I'm not saying anything less than he's my Zen master, because he showed me what it really means to be happy, is he lives in the moment. And if you live in the moment, you don't carry yesterday. You don't carry tomorrow. You're just here and now. And there's something powerful about that. Chop wood, carry water, brother. That's, that's what it's about. Living in the moment. Living in the moment. That's so powerful. Um, that's the reason we, we came back like this. We talked about this in the garage. We were refreshing our drinks. Uh, man, it's so important that even in the most difficult times, you take a moment of reflection and understand that, number one, you know, however fucking tough your time is, somebody is probably dealing with just something equal, equal, you know, if not worse. And um, have some solace in that you're not the only one out there. You know, it's 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 not just you. Um, we're all going through something. Everybody's got something. You know what I mean? And um, develop a support system. Um, create a family, whether it's um, by blood or by otherwise. And um, you know, you you know, you'll have a, a much better chance at at success. Um, chop wood, carry water. That's right. I don't know, man. Is there anything else we need to rock and roll about? <clears throat> If you haven't seen the movie Up in the Air with George Clooney and Anna Kendrick, watch that too. Because he talks about your backpack and what you carry with you. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting moment. I, I don't know. We talked about what, what, what we're already into. We talked about a lot of things. Um, any other words you want to fucking close this thing out on? It's been fun. It's been yeah, too it's been, long. It's been way too long. We're going to do it again sooner than later. Uh, and, uh, we're going to no, close this thing out and go booze some more. Let's do it. All right. What are we going to do uh, on the next podcast, Joshua? Same thing as you do this time, Pinky. <laughs> <laughs> Try and take over the world. Boom.